thank you for this house. I thank you for every person in this room, Lord. I thank you for your sacrifice. I thank you that your word is true and you are good. Lord, I pray that um, as, we, as we just dig into your word today, um, that you would speak to every heart in whatever way needs to be said, Lord. Let me get out of the way and put you first. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm, my hands are sweaty. Okay. Um, hi. Okay, thanks. That's really good because it was hard on Thursday because they didn't talk back. So please talk back. That'd be great. All right. Um, a little bit real quick. Um, most of you know Clara's Hope, which uh, I see some representation out in the um, audience here. This is awesome. We have sweatshirts and t-shirts and cool stuff out there in the lobby. And that's not really a fundraiser. It's just that you would walk around wearing it so people would say, what's Clara's Hope? And then you get to tell them and then they want more information and then maybe it brings hope to a family because we can connect them. Um, that's why we want you to wear them. Uh, so it's really cool. Uh, a little backstory real quick on why Clara's Hope is here. Our family, um, my husband Dave and I, we have six kids. We have three homegrown kids, Ray, Dean, and Lily, who um, are 22, 21, and 17. We have three kids who ha happen to be adopted, um, Josh, Lydia, and Clara. Josh is 13, Lydia's 10, and Clara is forever eight months old in heaven. Clara is the Clara of Clara's Hope. And the reason Clara's Hope came about is when we announced that we were adopting her, people came out of the woodwork to help us. When we did foster care for the first two, people went, good job. I'm so proud of you. Nice. And they backed away. And we were alone. And we didn't know what we needed. And we felt like we were failing all the time. And we were, because you can't do it alone. And then people came around us. When Clara came home, even before, Clara was born without a brain. She had a condition called hydranencephaly, and we knew that her time here on earth was very, very short. We brought her home, and the church body, the community just rallied and surrounded us with so much love that when she passed away, we went, that's the way it's supposed to be. So it started out of loss. It started out of pain, and it did not start out of proficiency. Um, it's funny how this ties right into Pastor Jim's sermons. All right. So I'm asking you to consider what bringing the kingdom looks like. In my opinion, it is entering into brokenness. We all want, we all crave, we all need to be seen, to be heard, and to be known. We are created for relationship. I mean, think about how God created Adam and Eve, and he talked with them in the garden. He wanted relationship with them, and they wanted relationship with him. And then that was broken. Our tendency, because we're human, is when things get hard, or we see hard things, we tend to hide, we tend to run, or we tend to ignore. And that's natural. But here's the thing. God hasn't called us to do that. He's called us to enter into the mess. The Lord gave me like this phrase when Clara was here on earth was, invite them into your mess. That meant that whenever somebody said, hey, I want to help you, I said yes. 
I had to put my pride aside thinking I could do it myself. I had to put away my worry about, is my house clean? Because it never was. I have six kids. You know, I had to put away the thought, oh, the laundry's all over the couch, and invite them in. I don't know how many people folded our laundry that I don't know. It's a little bit humbling when people are folding your underwear. Um, But God asked me to do that because he wanted me to walk in a way that could lead others to say yes to the help. So what is he asking of you? I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, God isn't asking us to sit on the sidelines and watch. There was a big game yesterday, right? And, you know, you might have watched, but you weren't actually participating, You had no effect on whether that game was won or lost. No matter how much emotion you put into it, you didn't change the outcome. The people on the field did. So God is asking us to be those people. He wants us to be on the field. He wants us to be the front line, those first responders. Yeah. So right now we watch that really great video on foster care. And you know I direct Clara's Hope, which is all about foster care and adoption. And some of you may be going, oh, she's going to ask us to be foster parents. Well, it is a great thing. Um, And my husband and I are foster parents. I see several of us in here who are. Erin, our director, or our program coordinator is a foster parent. Um but I'm actually not going to ask you to do that at all. That would be a recipe for failure. If we all went, oh, I should go do this without prayer, without deeply looking into it and counting the cost, we don't do things on whims. We do things when God calls us and then we move to action. If you're not doing it when God calls you, then you're in sin. Just read the word, it's true. Okay. So I didn't tell you all to become foster parents or adoptive parents. If the Lord is telling you, go do it. We'll help you. But we are living in an upside-down kingdom, and we get, we get to. We don't have to. We get to rely on the Holy Spirit. And he's going to guide us to respond in a supernatural, kingdom-focused way instead of a natural way. Okay? So we, in our humanity, want to respond in the natural way because we don't want pain. We want to stay away from it. We want to pretend like we didn't see it. But you know what God did? Yeah. He said, go into that messy stuff. So what is the messy stuff? Hmm. I just made a list, and it was pretty fast, and it's not all-inclusive, but it's the hurt, the pain, the loneliness, fear, anxiety, scary situations, Sickness, death, loss, financial struggles. Let me try that again. (laughs) Financial struggles, marital problems, addiction, infidelity, broken relationships, abuse, and so much more. I'm sure there's things on the list I missed. Hold on. I'm not techie. Things on the list I missed. But here's the deal. As believers in the one holy God who is good and has a good plan for us, we often get to be part of the answer of bringing light into the darkness and light and healing to the brokenness of the world. Let us not be confused. We are not the Savior. There is one Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. 
We are part of the solution that he is calling us and drawing us into. Do not ever think that you need to be someone's Holy Spirit. He's got that. He's real good at it. Don't ever think you need to be someone's savior. You don't. And it won't work. Jesus already saved us, not only from sin, but from ourselves. We get to walk in this. All right, so we're going to look at the word. Um, I'm going to read a long passage, and they're going to play it on the screen so you can read along. It's the New Living Translation, if you happen to be reading on your own. Okay. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Jesus Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved, even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with one another, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Hang on, you guys with me? Okay, this is really good, this next part. Okay. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore... God elevated him to the place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Yeah. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Can we just park there for a second? That's God doing it in you. We think it depends on us. It doesn't. Let's just let him lead and let him work through us. Do everything without complaining and arguing. So that no one can criticize you. 
live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people, holding firmly to the word of life in the day, on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice, even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. (sighs) Okay, it's a good word. So now we're going to focus on just a few things. Um, I'm going to look at uh, Philippians 1.27. It says, live a manner worthy of Christ. Doesn't that sound so nice? Right? Sounds so nice. Well, if you actually start to examine your life, it's probably going to make you squirm a little bit as it did me. It made me question areas of my life that I haven't yet fully given to him. You know, those areas, those secret areas that we think that we are keeping from God, but he knows us fully. And if we just open our heart to him, we'll get freedom. Yeah. So live our lives in a manner worthy. I'm so grateful for grace because I'm not even close to living a life worthy of God. But because of his grace, I am. Not because of my stuff but because of his grace. We need to recognize that we are the ones that need to shift our lives. God already chose to come to earth to bring us salvation. And we get to do this. Uh, Let me see here. He paved the way. Getting ahead of myself, sorry. Let's step up and live a life that is worthy of that good news. Let's live a life of good news. Do you realize this is actually a love response to what Christ has already done for us? This is not a regulations and rules. This is not something that is a should. I'm not a big fan of those. This is a way that we are responding to the Father saying, yes, I see not only what you've done in me, but what you've done in others, and I want to return that love. So it says we're citizens of heaven. That's pretty cool. We just happen to live here on earth, which is not heaven. Yeah. So what does the world see in us? What does the world see in our lives? For many, that is the only gospel they will ever know. So many people that I know in the world, they don't care what we're doing right here. They care if my life is a reflection of what my beliefs are. And they will consistently look at what I am doing, what I am saying, and how I am living it out to see if I really mean what I say. Not in a way that I need to prove it to them, but in a way I'm going to present the love to them. So the gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was buried and rose again. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 8, paraphrased. So recognize that one of our greatest weapons we have against the enemy is living a consistent, godly life. 
This is possible because of Jesus, not us. I don't know if I can say that enough. It's because of Jesus. But we have to recognize it's not just going to happen in an instant, typically. We have to put the work in. God calls us to be disciples and to be disciplined. When we practice daily following Christ, we build strong habits that create strong people in the Lord who can stay strong when our willpower is weak. I'm going to say that again. When we practice daily following Christ, we build strong habits that create strong people in the Lord who can stay strong when our willpower is weak. Because my willpower will only take me this far. But when I build a habit of following Christ on a daily basis, then when I'm backed in a corner, I'm going to know what to do. When I'm backed in with a decision where I feel desperate, you know, I'm not going to reach for something that's going to drown out my sorrows for a second but make them worse long term. I'm going to ask God to help me because that's going to be my habit. And that may sound really mundane and boring, but I'm telling you what, it is so freeing to know that we can continuously ask God and he will continuously answer us. We get to cultivate the habit of depending on the Holy Spirit. Okay, Philippians 2, 3 through 5. Don't be selfish. Right? I mean, Jesus was the ultimate example of this. Paul is letting us know, like, the whole issue of this uh, book to the church in Philippi was, he's like, you guys are selfish. And your selfishness is rooted in pride and fear. And there's not going to be any joy in our life when we put others below ourselves. When we begin to put others above ourselves, I'm not saying be a doormat. I'm saying follow the path of Christ. So count others more significant. Isn't that kind of countercultural? Or maybe really countercultural? I don't know if you guys, I, I don't do pop culture. I didn't even say um, a name right the other day. I said Kane West, and my daughter goes, <laughs> Kanye, mom. And I went, I don't know. Um, so I really don't know. Um, but I, I do know that God is a God of miracles. And that God is good, and we can trust him no matter what we see here on earth. So we live, living an unselfish life takes decision and follow through. It doesn't just happen. We don't just say, oh, I read it. I read it. It said, don't be selfish. So now I'm not selfish. Um, well, I'm kind of a childlike reader of God. So I look at the word, I believe it, and then I'm like, okay, Lord, you're going to tell me how to do that. Um, but we're born with a sin nature. Jesus overcame that on the cross. So all our excuses that we have, they died on the cross. We no longer have an excuse to be selfish because God took that away. This might be a hard word, but it's a true word. We no longer have reasons to be unselfish because God took it away. When he came himself, laid down his life for us. So we get to overcome our own unselfishness through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and humbling yourself, turning your eyes away from yourself, focusing on the needs of others. 
That's what humility is. It doesn't mean thinking of yourself as really low. It means thinking of others the same or better. And the mind of Christ. That equals having the attitude that Christ shared. So most of the things that get me in trouble is my attitude. I don't know if anybody else has a problem with the attitude. I mean, you can wake up and you can have a bad attitude. Like you didn't do anything yet. You just wake up and get out of bed and have a bad attitude. What is that? Right? So I've started writing out in my journal during my morning time, which I wake up before other people are up, so I'm nice by the time they get up. Um, it's true. It's true. I, I know me well, um, and I don't really like you to talk to me or at me in the morning. So um, know yourself. That's a really important thing to helping your attitude. But I started writing out what I want my attitude to be and asking God to help me maintain that. And I cannot tell you what a difference that means, just writing it out. Lord, I just want to have the I want to have a kind and gentle spirit. That might happen a lot in my journal. Um, uh, and just recognizing that our old patterns and our old responses do not need to define us. God can consistently help us to reframe, retrain our mind. There's a whole neuroscience study on neuroplasticity and how you can change your brain and you're not stuck there forever. Um, go study it. It's really cool. Um, but it's proven. It, I love how science proves the Bible right. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17, you know, says, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new has come. We are the new thing. We have to believe it, though. And then we need to write it out and walk it out. And if you slip back into an old pattern, that doesn't mean you failed. That means you ask for forgiveness, you start over. God is like the ultimate excellent guy that gives you a redo. All right, so we're going to go into uh, 2.8. All right, cool. All right, this is pretty, pretty basic, pretty, pretty straightforward. Jesus humbled himself in obedience. There's that humble word again. It's not proud. It's not believing that you're more important than others. This keeps coming up for a purpose because we probably are all human and have a problem with humbling ourselves, myself included. I do have a question for you, though. Are we looking to obey or are we looking to get our own way? I know I want what I want when I want it, and I usually want it right now. So I have to change my mindset and think, okay, is this serving you, God, or is this serving me? And most of us are willing to serve if it fits in our lives, and it doesn't really cost us anything, and it's probably fun. But what about when it's not convenient? What about when it really costs our family or ourselves or our pocketbook? Um, I'm just going to quickly share, um, when we were bringing Clara home and making the decision, we took our older kids who were 10, 15, and 16 at that time, and we, we had a conversation with them. And we said, okay, here's the situation. I really think the Lord is leading us 
to adopt this little girl. And Ray and Lily right away were like, yes, let's go get her. What do we need to do? Let's do it. And Dean, a little more cautious, he goes, I don't know. That's going to be really hard. And they were, they were all right. It was way harder than we thought it was going to be. But we needed to do what we needed to do to go do the right thing. Um, but did it cost us? Oh, we're still healing. It cost us a lot. Um, so there. Um, <laughs> uh, can we go to the next verse? All right. Do everything without complaining and grumbling and arguing and all of those things. I don't know about you, but my mouth wants to go. And my mouth wants to get me in trouble. Yeah. So we have to control our mouth. We have to control what we say. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. There's nothing that accidentally comes out of our mouth. It all is planted there in one way or the other. And I have one of these that's really large and long. And it's long-winded. And it talks a lot. And I have to say, oh, you need to be quiet. Um, and that's OK. It starts with our thoughts. What are we thinking? What are we thinking? Are we thinking about our thoughts? Are we purposely choosing to have the mind of Christ? All right. So you do it without grumbling and complaining so that you can shine. And you want to be shiny because that attracts people. Think about when you look at a body of water and like the sun is reflecting on it. And what you see, you don't even really see the water, right? You see the light. Do you want to come up, Dina? You see the light. So isn't that really how we're supposed to live our lives? So that when people look at us, maybe they're looking at us, but they're not really seeing us. Can we be shiny? Would you guys be willing to be reflective? So then it really doesn't depend on you. It's depending on the one you are reflecting. I could have told you all sorts of numbers about foster care and adoption, but we've already done that. I want you guys to understand that the heart behind this is not about getting people to do something. It's about us walking out the kingdom life here on earth. So during this whole time, I spoke about the word of God. And I'm going to ask you, what has God been speaking to you? It's funny how this lines right up with Pastor Jim's recent sermons on passion and pain. And God will lead you to act. He will fill in the rest. You don't have to have all the answers because Jesus is the answer. He always is. And he's always enough. So go live the gospel.
So we are going to receive a second offering this morning. It is going to go towards Kingdom Builders, of which Clara's Hope will receive some of it. But um, I just want to share real quick a story with, um, it's a crying day. Um, when the Cromers told us they were bringing Clara home, um, I remember thinking, wow, that's huge. Um, Tammy showed us pictures and, you know, you fall in love with this little girl. But when they brought her home and I went to meet her, she had all these tubes attached. She had all these things. And quite honestly, it made me very uncomfortable because there was that pain and I wanted to run from that pain. I'll be involved in your mess, but on my terms. As long as I get to do it on my terms, I'll be involved. And um, she would always say, hold my daughter. And I'd say, nope, why not? I don't know, I don't know what to do with all those tubes. I don't know what to do with all those. And in one of Tammy's favorite lines that she uses with me all the time, she looked at me and she said, I'm sorry, I didn't know it was about you. I thought it was about us looking more like Jesus and showing him to the world and you need to get over it. And I would leave like, hmm, she thinks she is. Um, and then one Sunday morning, I'm sitting over here, she just walks over, she hands Clara to me, puts the bag on me, and walks, and I'm like, what, uh, what are you doing? She's like, I gotta go work in kids ministry, the person that was supposed to help didn't show up, so she's yours. I'm like, what do I do? She's like, you'll figure it out, Dina. She's a baby. And I was like, okay, I can do this. But I'm like, if anything medical happens, I will be calling the medical team up front and center. And I mean, just, you know, and she was calling me. You're better than this. Be like Jesus. Don't let the world come in and shut the pain down. And... Um, the morning that I got, <laughs> that the message came in that Clara had passed, you know, I sent a text and just, sorry, well, all the staff went over there. And again, I said, nope, I don't want that pain. I got to stay at the office. I got to finish things up around here. And um, I'm not comfortable crying in front of people, you know, and um I said, I texted her and I said, hey, I'll bring you dinner later tonight, okay? She's like, okay, cool. So in true Dina fashion, I show up with dinner, open the door, run in, throw it on the counter, and she's like, whoa, 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 where are you going? I said, I gotta go, my car's running. She's like, no, I want you to go say goodbye to Clara. And I said, wait, what? She's like, yeah, go say goodbye to Clara. I'm like, Clara is still here? And she said, yeah. I was like, yeah, I, yeah, no. And she said, you will regret it the rest of your life if you don't go in there and say goodbye to her. So I put my big girl pants on and I walked in the family room just not knowing what I was going into. And when I got in there, it was the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. Both sets of grandparents are sitting there and they're like taking turns holding little Clara. 
saying goodbye to her. And I remember, I just went over and I bent down and I gave her a kiss. I'm so grateful that I did because it made me get outside of myself and it made me lean on Jesus. And when I left the Cromer's house that night, a part of me that didn't look like Jesus when I went in was left there and I looked more like him when I walked out and I embraced that pain and I got into their mess and I joined them because the word tells us that we are to take care of the orphans and the widows, right? In James. So why do we do Kingdom Builders? It's because we get to partner with people like Clara's Hope that make a difference. Nobody else wanted this baby. Nobody should be exempt from having love in their life. And this baby was going to spend every day in the hospital of its life. But because of the Cromer saying, we want her and bringing her in and adopting her and loving her as their own, Clara knew love. But can I tell you something? This church learned how to love because of Clara. She taught us what it meant to love when you can't give back. She taught us to get outside of ourselves. Some of you may be saying, okay, this is going to Kingdom Builders. Why not just Clara's Hope? Because let me tell you, Livestream is many of these families like this is their church. When you bring foster kids into your home, a lot of them have been through so much trauma that to bring them into a public setting like this just overwhelms them and it's too much. So the families choose to stay home and watch church that way. So a portion of it's going to that. A portion of it's gonna to go to groups because you know what, without the groups and the smaller environments coming around Clara's Hope, they wouldn't be able to do what they do. We had one group that they just got together and prepared freezer meals to take to the families. <laughs> you know, um, a portion of it's gonna go to Convoy of Hope as well because they believe not just in taking care of kids in Fenton in this community, but they believe in taking care of orphans in Haiti. Tammy will go to Haiti and cry over a starving child just like she would her own children. I'm like, Tammy, how do you do that? How do you do this and then go down there and let your heart break? Because I don't know about you guys, but I'm not real comfortable when God calls me to my heart breaking. I'd rather just sit back and just watch. But God's calling all of us to a place of brokenness, right? To look more like him. So we're gonna feed kids in Haiti. This is why Kingdom Builders, you guys, this is our above and beyond. It's going into those hurting, broken places and to be the people that come alongside, to be the community that supports and to loves. And you guys can do that in so many ways with Clara's Hope. Like Tammy said, she's not gonna ask all of us to be a foster parent or adoptive, but you can cook a meal and take it to a family. You can do laundry. Maybe you can clean a house. Maybe you just have a gift card that you can give a family. If you knew how many miles a foster parent drives on a weekly basis to go to all kinds of appointments, you would be amazed. So yes, it does cost these families. And not just financially, but it costs their hearts. But man, do they look like Jesus. And I'm so thankful for a friend that reminds me 
It's not about me. It's about us looking more like Jesus. So I invite you guys today to partner with us at Kingdom Builders, and let's change the world. Amen? That's what God's called us to do, to be bright and shiny, just like she said, and to live the gospel out so that all will see that. So we're going to pray real quick and ask God to bless this offering because, you guys, we've got big dreams. And I can tell you, Tammy's got big dreams for Clara's Hope, and it's not so Tammy can be have accolades and all that stuff. I'm going to ask her for a number right now. How many children are waiting for a bed in Genesee County right now? Or Livingston, Genesee? Hi there. Uh, well, I don't know exactly how many are waiting for a bed right now, but any, on, at any moment today, there's 650 to 800 kids in Genesee and Livingston County that are, are in foster care, and there's less than 300 foster homes in those two counties. Yeah. That's why Tammy does Clara's Hope. My husband has a heart for the lost. That's why we do Kingdom Builders. So I invite you guys to be a part of it. We're going to pray and ask God to bless it. God, we thank you that we get to partner with you with things like this, Father God. It's such a sweet moment, Father, that you have chosen us, God. Who are we that you would choose us, God? You know, I think of my husband's response when he was invited to Rome and his very first response was, I'm just a small town pastor. And God, I just look around and what you can do with a small town church is incredible, God. So today I pray, I pray for this offering, God, that it would impact the nations, that it would impact the children waiting for a home, God, that it would impact this world. And not for us, but because we want to show you off in incredible ways. We want to be bright and shiny, Father. Thank you for trusting us. Thank you for calling us to higher levels, Father. We just pray right now that you would bless this offering. And that it would all be used for your glory, God. And we give it to you. And we just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, that's passing. How many of you guys think my husband needs to come home so I can quit being a crybaby already? A um, couple of quick reminders. Another Kingdom Builders that we did is our Thanksgiving offering. And I want to invite you guys that, you know what, maybe Clara's Hope isn't for you. Maybe you have a heart for families in need. I want to invite you guys to come be a part of the outreach that's happening this weekend. Thursday, they're putting baskets together Thursday morning. So if you have time between 10 and 12, they would love to have you come and help be a part. Friday night is the Thanksgiving basket giveaway. If you just want to come and be a blessing to families, hand, or hand Thanksgiving turkeys out, love on kids, it's a great opportunity to do that. You guys can get all the information for that in your bulletin, um, who to call, how to get on the list. Also, if you need to receive a Thanksgiving basket, you can sign up for that as well by calling the Center of Hope, which that number is in the bulletin. Again, I just want to welcome you guys to Freedom Center Church if you're a guest, and we do invite you to join us in the guest room back in that corner as soon as I say amen at the end of the prayer, because we want to get to know you guys. 
We want to explain our hearts, but more importantly, we want to hear what God's doing in your guys' lives and where he's calling you to. And we just know that God's taking us to places that he wants us to go. Amen? Amen. So God, thank you for today. Thank you for Clara's hope. Thank you for your sons and your daughters in this room. Bless them today. Give them an incredible Sunday, Father. And we just look forward to coming together next week and just celebrating all that you have done. And we'll give it all to you and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to have the prayer team come forward. So if you need prayer for anything, we invite you up front. If not, have a great week, Freedom Center Church, and we will see you next Sunday.